So uh, our next five-minute feature is uh, from Craig Lockwood. Um, Craig organises handheld conference. I was fortunate to go to the first handheld last year, which was November in Cardiff, and it was a, I thought, a cracking day, uh, opened by Kia um, and closed by Arrol, who obviously spoke here in December. Um, there are still tickets available. I must admit, I haven't booked mine yet, but it's the largest stage in Europe, is that right? So, handheld conference, it's great anyway, but this one is on the largest stage in Europe and the stage revolves. So, what other conference can you see a revolving stage at? So, um, the formal introduction is Craig organises handheld conference, and as well as handheld, Craig also runs B-Square, which is a web conference on your desktop, and has managed to interview pretty much everybody that's everybody, apart from us. (laughs) So, Craig is talking about the value of conferences, which I think, from what I've spoken to about, should be a very interesting talk. Yeah. This is a pretty quick talk, and I've got quite a bit to get through, so I will be talking quite fast. Um, I will be talking about the cost and, well, the value and the cost of conferences as well. Um, but also in just in making things for the community, not just conferences. My career has changed massively over the last 18 months. I now just build products and services for you guys, for, for the web industry. Um, so whether that be a a conference, or whether it be a service, or a podcast, wherever it may be. Um, I no longer do client work. Um, it's basically what I do. used to be an iOS developer, a very, very bad iOS developer, and always preferred to do web stuff. Um, so hence, this is what I do now. Now, before I start talking about the value in conferences, I want to address the matter of costs, both as a conference organiser, as an attendee, and, and to the speakers as well that attend these conferences. So we've got some obvious costs. We've got a venue. Um, probably the biggest cost, really. We've then got speakers. And obviously, as well as a fee, there's also expenses there, such as travel and accommodation. Um, picking the blue M&Ms out of their bowls and things. You know, they, they have these special requests. Um, marketing. Um, not just your normal marketing, telling people about tickets. Things like the lanyards and the programs and, and that, all that kind of stuff. Promo codes to give discounted tickets. Um, these are all things that you need to consider, obviously. Insurance, another really big cost. Insuring against things like adverse weather conditions, sickness in, in speakers. And as, as Collie knows, um, the ins- uninsurables as well. Have to be done. Have to be done. <laughs> There's also the judgment. Um, you can't please everybody. Um, so whether you're, you're picking your list of speakers or whatever it may be, somebody's not going to be too happy. And in the, I think in this current climate as well, people are very vocal about what they like and what they don't like. Um, yeah, basically, you can't please everybody. Refreshments, teas, coffees, cake, biscuits, wherever it may be. And time. Organising a conference is such, such a time sap, as David will tell you. Um, when I finished Handheld last year, I started on this year's Handheld the day after. And already I've worked hundreds and hundreds of hours. And it's not happening for another nine months. 
Um, so these are all things where I could be doing something else. So it's a lot of time involved. So that's, that's for the organiser, which is, you know, I'm sure a lot of you will actually run events of some sort, whether it's a smaller workshop or whatever it may be. Cost to the speaker. Um, again, it's time. Um, I know some people who take weeks, sometimes months, to write a, a talk for a, for a conference, um, which obviously can be quite costly for them. Again, judgment, putting yourself up here to, for people to sort of judge you, and they'll be tweeting away, telling, telling the world what they think of you. Um, some people do take this upon themselves to ridicule people, which is completely unacceptable. Now, I will be talking about that in just a second. And then there's the cost of the attendee, you guys. So ticket costs. Um, I know some industry events will cost hundreds and hundreds of pounds, but there's, you've got things like your travel on top, so your, your train tickets, your accommodation. Thank God for the travel lodge and places like that, really. Um, and again, that one constant, which is, which is time. Um, Travelling to the venue and all the rest of you. You can take time out of the studio to come to a conference. So, so why do we do that? Why would we traipse up and down the country just to, just to come and listen to a few people speak who, on a subject which you may know a lot more about? I mean, plumbers don't get together. They don't discuss the latest pipe techniques or whatever plumber. I don't even know what they talk about. Um, but I think traditionally, craftsmen, they sort of hone their skills over, over generations and generations. But we don't really have that. Our, our techniques and even the canvas we work on is changing too regularly for that. Um, so, so what do we do? We, we share. Sharing our, our ideas and techniques. Um, it's pretty unique to this industry, really. Um, I attribute that to ViewSource, um, which has made working for the web a real sort of community endeavour, really. So having the mechanics of our work so readily available for all to see has fostered this we're all in this together kind of philosophy, really, which is what makes the web really, really great. So it can be a very lonely job as a freelancer, working from home, whether from a small office or whether you work in your back bedroom, wherever it may be. Um, so things like the meetups um, are really extra important to us, really. It allows us to share ideas and build friendships with other like-minded people. So we don't have a water cooler to gather around to discuss the latest office gossip. Twitter has become our water cooler, and conferences have become our office Christmas parties. But just like any office get-together, not everything is plain sailing, and there will be some idiots out there to, to spoil the party. So the fact that we are now seeing conferences having, or having to have a code of conduct um, is pretty bad. It's pretty ridiculous, really. Having to tell people how to behave for fear of them ruining everybody else's enjoyment. It's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing for our industry. For all intelligent people, we can make cat gifts and we can do box shadows and so on. So why can't we just get along? So it's fine to disagree with somebody at a conference. We all have our opinions and different ways of thinking about things. Um, and this is going to be a really strange quote for you to see. The famous Ling from lingscars.com. Um, she came up with this quote, if nobody hates your website, chances are nobody loves it either. Which I think just says it all, really. Everybody feels different about something. Um, I, I don't think that's an ancient Chinese proverb. I think that just sort of rolled off the tongue. But um, disagreeing with somebody else's views is fine. Our opinions vary, and that's fine. That's just being human. But we can disagree respectfully. Remember when I said this earlier, we're, we're all in this together. A code of conduct could be just two words which is just be respectful. We can do this by being human and speaking to one another if we have a problem. 
Whilst it's great to tweet from an event, it can also be easy to start a witch hunt. Um, and we see this all of the time, particularly on Twitter. Even again today, it's happening. So A, your grievances personally and not publicly. And remember, we're all in this together. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.